Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Direct February Nintendo Switch UK podcast special. And uh, that was a lot of words, Al. <laughs> that was a whole heap of words. I think I followed about half of them, but I don't know about you. I am very excited because we got a Direct yesterday we and we get to talk about it. It was it was a pretty good one, I think. The funny thing was, Anton, we were talking about this on the show the other night and uh, we were all very sure that a direct was coming there were lots of rumors we talked about it in the show if you haven't listened to the last episode go check it out but it happened much quicker than maybe some of us were ready for yeah you know i, I think we hit the nail on the the top of the head right there you know they knew the nintendo switch uk podcast is back season four we need a special because it's not um like we just did our longest podcast in the history of this podcast yeah we needed more stuff to talk about <laughs> absolutely well i think with that we should get straight into it because there was a lot in the 40 minute direct and we'll start from the top work our way through and at the end we'll do our usual score from each of us and we'll see how we think it's comparing to some of the previous ones so we started off out the gate with Nintendo and Koei Tecmo announcing Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes for the Nintendo Switch. It's a Warriors spin-off of Fire Emblem Three Houses and it's coming out the 24th of June 2022, so not long to go. There were some very, very happy Patreons with this one. I had a couple of friends who were particularly happy as well. This is uh, big news and what were your initial thoughts, Anton? Yeah, this was one that, you know, Asked me a couple years ago, oh, there's this new Warriors game and it's Fire Emblem. I'd be like, eh. But now that we've had both Fire Emblem and the High Road Warriors games, especially Age of Calamity, now it's looking at this being like, hmm, that's a good looking video game right there. Looks slick, looks clean. Um, the worlds look not as barren as they have in other kind of Warriors S titles. And I think for somebody who is very small brain and not smart enough for free houses, uh, free hopes is maybe more my brain size. So I, I'm vibing with it, Al. Yeah. When I watched it, I was thinking, oh, wow, this really is just Age of Calamity with a different skin on it. But the more I watched, the more I thought, no, they have actually taken a little bit of time. They put a little bit of care in here and they've properly crafted and tailored this into the Fire Emblem world. And as you say, a lot of people have been very excited by this announcement. I can see this game doing quite well. It, Probably won't do quite as well as Age of Calamity, simply because I think Fire Emblem's not quite as big a thing as uh, Zelda is, obviously. But I can see it making many, many people happy. Uh, don't know whether it'll be in any of our purchase lists. Actually, that's a really interesting question. Did anybody think, I need to go play this? Presumably there'll be a demo. So that's what got me last time with uh, the Zelda yeah. Uh, version. Yeah, well, you see, I loved the, war- the world of Fire Emblem when I played the last one, but uh, much like you guys the to get into the story and the kind of the world and the intricacies of the last game i would have really had to spend a lot more time um which i think i could have done if i didn't have two babies but actually this game it's the world but it, the warriors element of it and in previous years that might have put me off but actually i think if anything it's actually quite enticing and i wonder if i play this i might then want to revisit some of the other ones because i have some of them on the 3ds and i have some of the previous entries as well, and the Switch one. So I'd be quite keen to maybe try this one out first, uh, Anton. Indeed, you know, it's quite interesting. And the the way that Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity was very much a gateway game for Zelda fans to get into the Warriors franchise, I feel like this will be uh, a gateway for Warriors fans to then get into the Fire Emblem franchise. Because 
relatively, at least in the kind of Western mainstream. Fire Emblem is relatively new of a franchise. Warriors is very established, and it's coming off the back of the, the four million copies of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity that just sold. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's coming up the 24th of June, 2022. Strong out the gate in the direct, and then we've got some new details on Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. The game's going to feature voiceover, custom map maker with online sharing, fast forwarding, and both local and online multiplayer coming out on the 8th of 2022. I'm assuming there's a month supposed to be in there too, but the 8th of something, 2022. <laughs> I don't know which, uh, which 8th it is. Um, the 8th of April. 8th of April. So the, the thing about this... I quite like Anton. Obviously, this is a kind of remade version of an old classic, and it looks like they're putting in a lot of quality of life changes. Indeed, you know, Nintendo didn't really have to go so hard when it came into remastering this title. You know, it's a Game Boy game or Game Boy Advance title for a fairly niche franchise, but they've put some solid money behind it. You know, seeing the voiceovers uh, finally in there, at least for a, a dyslexic nice and accessible and yeah the custom mac maker maker plenty of content in there and yeah i won't lie i like the idea of being able to fast forward through a turn-based game it's a simple feature but it'll make a world of difference especially if you're kind of wanting to squeeze in a quick game on the go al yeah it's funny having never played any of the advanced war games before i didn't have any of this over the anything past the game boy color really it's a whole new franchise to me but the more i see of it the more i think yeah this is looking pretty good this is beginning to pique my interest and actually i'm quite glad that they keep showing us more and more and more of it if it had come out when they first announced it what six months ago maybe more by now but i probably would have gone yeah i don't care off it goes i'm quite pleased that we're seeing this drip fed to us and it's it's progressing and growing each time we get a little wee glimpse and it certainly is one that i am definitely going to be picking up at some point in the future Maybe yeah. in a sale, maybe at launch, don't know. It's funny because I, I, I probably won't pick it up, but it's the kind of game I think if I did, I'd get hooked on it. It's a bit of a kind of Mario Rabbids situation for me where I'd end up playing it, not realising I wanted to play it and then ended up loving it. Um, but I think they've done a good job with it. And as you say, the, the the enhancements they've made all make sense. The fast forward feature, that makes a lot of sense. Next up was Hello Games announcing No Man's Sky for the Nintendo Switch. It's a procedurally generated space survival game coming out summer 2022. Really interesting this one, Anton, because first of all, No Man's Sky, very different game to the one that launched originally. Uh, But also uh, on the Switch, I didn't see that happening. I'm very intrigued by this because No Man's Sky on the go, if they can get this running well, I think this could be a real winner. Yeah, this was a a bit of a, a real surprise um both as seeing this game come to switch and then also how how it's appearing you know there doesn't appear to be too many compromises in terms of graphics and fidelity the scale of the game you know as you were saying with them fixing it this was a title that i remember you know came out broken and then after a while it was like oh they actually fixed it and made the game live up to all the promises that seemed outlandish and completely impossible and they actually met that expectation and then they did like eight more big gigantic game changing updates on top of that and now when we've got on switch you know that is a very substantial fleshed out package and yeah it you know like the original claims when they showed off this game at e3 that seemed outlandish and impossible it almost seems like an impossible game but they've had to prove that it is possible because they stuck they screwed up the landing the first time on ps4 and yeah how, how are you feeling about this well it's funny this game to me almost epitomizes this whole direct it was just it's unexpected like a complete left field announcement that no one was expecting to see there uh, and that is that really does summarize the whole 
direct. There were so many of these little things dropped. So when this one came through, I was very pleasantly surprised. I mean, this game came out in 2016 on pretty much every other console. It's now an old game. It's, what, six years old? Uh, so the fact we're finally getting it is cool. And I was half expecting the little words at the bottom to appear saying internet connection required cloud game. And they didn't. They just they didn't appear at all. I mean, looking at it, you can see the graphical fidelity has been downplayed a lot. It's, it's The volume is right down. It's kind of grainy. It's not maybe the most beautiful looking game in terms of its crispness. But in terms of its richness, there's so much going on there. So I think they managed to strike a really good balance between cramming everything that you actually want in there while still maintaining the, the look and feel, but, you know, dialing it down enough that it will run natively on the Switch. I, I, I think if this runs as well as it looks like it's going to, people are going to be excited at launch. Yeah, the thing about it is, though, I, you, you say it's a six-year-old game, but it, it is, but it's also a game that has developed and changed so much that it doesn't play like a six-year-old game because they made so many changes. That original game, it's a very different game to that. And actually, like you, I kind of half expected the cloud gaming only. I thought graphically it looked pretty good, but I'm excited to see what they have done with it and what it's going to look like on launch. It's going to be summer 2022, but another big announcement. Then we had the announcement of Mario Strikers Battle League for Nintendo Switch, 5 on 5 soccer likes with no rules, up to eight players and 20 people clubs uh, coming out on the 10th of June, 2022. I um, We talked about this many times on the podcast about how great it would be if we got a new Mario Strikers. And then it randomly happened about the first time we didn't talk about it, Al. I, I know. And I've got to say, this was the first game that I was jumping up and down in the direct going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my God, I'm so excited. I thought this was going to be my highlight of the direct because it was... This is the kind of game I love. You know, I love Mario Golf. I love, I quite, I love I've not got it, but I want to go get at some point Mario Tennis. So Mario Strikers is one, as you say, we have talked about so many times in the past. We didn't talk about it come out here, but it is another left field game. Field? Yeah. Game that's come out of nowhere that no one was genuinely expecting and we've suddenly got. And I would, I can't wait for this to drop because, let's face it, I'm going to be getting it. I'm not interested in FIFA. I'm not interested in any other football game, but put Mario in it, make it look fun. And all of a sudden you've got my attention. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, although having never picked up a sports ball before. Um, I was impressed by this title. Obviously, the Mario Sports titles are always very zany. However, this one feels like it pushes it up to, like, pure madness. You know, it's a a lot more bombastic and extreme. It isn't just, like, the occasional power move. And I I like the the visual aesthetic. I I would have never have expected them to carry on that kind of graffiti-esque aesthetic from the GameCube version, because... 
that was just a fad that was in at the time. You know, they had FIFA Street had the similar sort of aesthetic, but they kept it and it looks so cool. I'm excited to see the box art. Uh, definitely not a title for myself, but I've got to commend the, the polish on this title. It kind of reminds me of the kind of slight extra gloss that they put into the Mario and Rabbit games where, you know, it's, you know, the classically Nintendo models, but just a little bit more lens flurry and epic. Uh, I just, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's day one for me, definitely. Just great fun multiplayer, lots of content. They talked about the content a bit, which was great. And just again, another big surprise. So very excited. June 2022, that's coming. We also got some new details on Splatoon 3. We, see, we saw some new Salmon Run gameplay coming 2022. And it just feels, Anton, like... They've taken Splatoon 2, they've seen some of the kind of single player stuff they did there, some of the um, sort of wave stuff and the online player and the online multiplayer and they've just gone, right, let's just dial everything up to 12. Yeah, the, the Splatoon franchise has been a bit of an odd one for Nintendo in terms of sequels where it's less of them waiting the six years and reinventing the wheel rather it's kind of more like a standard iterative process of game design with for them and this here takes a game mode that was a little bit underdeveloped in the previous game similar to how Splatoon went ahead and developed the campaign and then in this title it goes ahead and amplifies it it's really pushing it to the next level with diff- tons of different enemy classes and overall increasing the scale of it. I've got to say, uh, and I would love your thoughts on it, Mike, the music that they're going for for this game has always been off-field with Splatoon, but I feel like they're having to like go like up, right, down, oh, left, right, it's, zigzags it's with the music. Really funny you said that. I was watching with a friend who's also a musician, and the first thing they said was, what is going on with that music? Now they know nothing about the game, <laughs> but they were like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is they've they've gone for this, and it's a it's a great comment. It's it's like industrial craziness from another dimension, which is kind of in keeping with the game." Yeah, it's I've never heard of music in a, a mainstream media product like that that is both so. Um, like random but purposeless, uh, purposeful. Yeah, you know, it's very weird. But nevertheless, how how are you feeling? It just looks exciting, doesn't it? It's it's as you say, taking everything that Splatoon did previously, dialing it up a notch, adding a bit more flair and a bit more fun to it, and off they go. I have to say, I'm more interested actually in seeing the one player than the multiplayer. And really, they just showed us off the multiplayer aspect of it this time around because they focused on the the single player uh, on the previous direct from memory. But when the whole thing launches, it does look like a, a nice uh, increase, an uh, iterative improvement, as you called it, over previous uh, incarnations. And good yeah. on them. And the good thing yeah. about Splatoon is they've always had great support for those games. So I suspect you're going to see two years at least of support for that and new modes and new things added and all sorts. So it's um, it's going to do well. It's going to do really well. I think there's there's a bunch of people very excited for that one, Anton. Yeah, I almost jumped on my seat when they, they showed it because I had them in the like a helicopter flying over the battlefield. I'm like, oh my God, are they doing Battle Royale? So <laughs> that's my like surprise announcement for Splatoon 3. Yeah. That's that's game over. Fortnite's dead when they do that. Well, I know that would be good. Uh, next up, we had two announcements about uh, a game that has been remade. At the first and the second one, Forever Entertainment announced Front Mission first remake. It's a tactical role-playing uh, mech game coming summer 2022 but they also announced front mission 2 remake but uh, no date for the for this one i must admit this is one of the few games in the direct that i knew nothing about in terms of uh, i'd never really heard of the originals not one that was on my radar at any point but i thought again for those that are 
keen on this type of role-playing game. It looks like they've done a good job of the remake. Again, it's just not one that this is probably the first time where I kind of went, okay, I'll just, you know, I'm not, I'm not paying attention quite as much as I have been, but it looks good. Al, what was your take on it? Yeah, I'm with you. To be honest, I was unaware of it. Apparently, it's a sort of 1997 Sony game. It was on the PlayStation originally. Um, it also didn't sort of didn't make it, but it was a PlayStation game, um, and it did look kind of cool. Actually, it's probably not one I want to buy, but I really want to play it, which is weird. I'm either wanting a demo, or I'm hoping somebody sends us a review code because it did look really kind of cool. There's something very appealing about mechs. I mean, I remember when they launched um, Deus Ex Machina. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, what was the one? right. Deus Ex Machina, and they had a demo, and then it was very different to the final version. Was it Deus Ex? Well, anyway, yeah, that one. Uh, it didn't... I wanted to like it, but couldn't get into it, whereas this one looks more on my level. It's not so much first-person flying around shooting things, it's more strategy-based, thinking about it, and it just looked like it would push my buttons in a good way. So, awesome. What do you think, Anton? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the fence with this one. I, I've had a little bit of a rough experience with Forever Entertainment, and I, I believe from memory that they did that kind of broken Panzer Dragoon remake. Yeah. So I, I know they've got they they can pick up these great games and give them an extra lick and polish. Um, I'm just hoping this is the right people to do it. Um, the games themselves, similarly to yourself, Ala, I thought they looked quite neat. Uh, however, I'm not like 100% on. It's a game I would maybe want to hear more, potentially, see a review. Yeah, yeah. With you on that. Next up, interesting one, this one. Game Loft, uh, SA, which I'm assuming, is it South, South Africa or, or South America? Or what's the SA? Uh, game Loft SSE, actually, is what it was. SSE, okay. Uh, so neither of those things. They've announced Disney Speedstorm for the Nintendo Switch, a free-to-play kart racer featuring Disney and Pixar characters. New seasons will be added with time. We're going to get split screen and online gameplay coming out summer 2022. The one thing I'll say about this well, a couple of things. First of all, Gameloft do make decent enough mobile games. Um, so given it's a free-to-play and it's Disney and Pixar, it looked okay. I mean, i got to say, it didn't look too bad. I mean, I'm interested to see what they do. I like the characters, obviously. But if you're going to pick one direct to talk about a cart game, maybe this wasn't the one, Al. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll come on to that in a little bit. It was, it, this is a weird one, because I watched this and originally going, that actually looks like an all right Carter game sure and that's a weird one coming from the makers of Asphalt yeah. that's yeah. that's like a free Asphalt's alright though Asphalt's not that well, bad a it game it is it's a really good game but it is still very much a play to a pay to win kind of a game yeah. at the end of the day it is uh, and I thought well, this is weird that they're doing a game but sure and then later in the this video they said oh, yeah, it's free to play and I went oh well, that's a shame because actually it looked like it might have the bones of a decent racer and you've got lots of different classic uh, classes different categories the characters are all unique got special moves the landscapes look rich and visual there's different cards and obviously it ties into all these Disney franchises there's a lot to like in this this package it's really really appealing I hope they've broken it by making it free to play or you know pay to win if you can play it successfully without having to pay anything that would be wonderful, but I always kind of feel like I'm cheating doing that. Having said that, I pay regularly for Mario Tour because I like it quite a lot. So, you know, it wins. It does make money eventually. Yeah, this was a, a title that, you know, I think could have been very easy to lambast into it in the, the same way that, I won't lie, the, the chibi chibi GP from Square Enix uh, shown off at the right looked like a little bit of a, a cash cull, but... This one does look really good. It's really clean. It's very glossy. It looks very polished. Um, it's got I, like proper classic Disney characters, and that's got to be a winner. Yeah. 
you know, it looks clean. It doesn't look cheap. And I'm curious to see how game lofts get on with this because, you know, historically, you know, uh, the mobile games that they have produced have always been kind of, at least in terms of mobile, have pushed the hardware. Like, they've always been very impressive-looking games, and they've never really done console games. So I'm wondering, um, with this coming to Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation, if they're going to revise how aggressive they are with their monetization, because they are free-to-play games on consoles, but they're not monetized to the same aggression as they are on mobile, and I hope they adapt to that. Yeah. Obviously, we... Yeah. I was just going to add that there's, there's a couple of games on the Switch, for example that are free to play and you, you can do everything pretty much. And the, the pay stuff is more to do with skins and, and customization more than anything. And I don't have a problem with that if that's the case. But yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with this because like both of you, I looked at this and went, this looks good. And I have a slight concern about the free to play element, but I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out. I'm going to wait and see. Gameloft, I'm on the fence with them. They can be pretty good at times. So we shall see. Next up, an interesting one from Aspire. They announced Star Wars, The Force Unleashed for the Nintendo Switch. It's an action-adventure game featuring both button and motion controls and local multiplayer coming out the 20th of April, 2022. It's a weird one, this, because it's a remake of the Wii game, isn't it, Anton? Um, it features the controls from the Wii version, so you can choose between button and con- uh, motion control, uh, which is quite exciting because this could possibly be the best of both worlds with the performance of the Switch with the motion controls of the Nintendo Wii. Um it, it could be a good one here, and Aspire have handled the ports well, Al. Yeah, they have. I mean, the game also came out on the PlayStation. It was on PS... Oh, I forget which console it was. Probably 3. I think it was on 2 yeah. and 3, actually. Um, 3 and 360. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been on other consoles. Um, bringing them to the Switch is good. They were well-regarded games at the time. And it looks like it's running quite nicely on the Switch. It doesn't look like they've done anything too much to play around with it. It's just a straight port and a, a few twiddles around the edges. As long as they do it solidly, I don't think we've got anything to be concerned about. Yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting one to to have there. And it's a strange one. Like, of, of all the ones that we thought we would get, it's not one again. And we, we've said this throughout the whole of the Direct. It wasn't one on our radar. But um, but there we go. It is uh, it is coming out. And that is exciting, especially if you're a, a Star Wars fan. I think we're going to see many more of these kind of games. It's coming out on the 20th of April. Next up, uh, we got more details on Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. It's going to feature touchscreen controls, HD rumble, and optimized on-screen display. It's coming out on the 17th of February. I have actually pre-ordered this because... Those games are certainly Assassin's Creed 2 is probably my favourite Assassin's Creed of all time. And um, I thought it looked really, really slick, Anton. If that was the footage that we're getting from the Switch, I thought it looked good. Yeah, I I get a feeling from this collection that this could be the definitive Assassin's Creed uh, collection on Switch. It looks really good. Um, It seems completely within of the bounds. I'm excited to see in how which ways they can merge these three titles that really play well as a cohesive collection into a single kind of experience. And yeah, I'm glad that we're finally starting to see more games outside of the indie titles take advantage of the touchscreen. It's one of, you know, the Switch's kind of most easy to use. It's always there, especially if you're in handheld mode. And why not take advantage of it? It's great to see. Yeah, it's really nice to see them adding touch controls. There's not enough games really do that. I mean, there's some games that are developed natively for the Switch that don't use touch controls and really should. So it's it's a lovely addition. And I have to say, the game is, as you say, Mike, looking really, really good. It looks 
crisp. The draw distances are really good. I mean, you can see sort of the whole town is laid out in front of you. But I guess these games are old enough that they really should run fine on the Switch. The Switch, although we keep talking about it being underpowered, it's only in comparison to its current fifth-gen rivals. Yeah. It's actually a really powerful little bit of kit. Yeah, but also, if you add to that the fact that we're now at the point in the cycle of the Switch we are, we are it is that classic thing of we're starting to see people getting more used to the optimization of how you develop games for the Switch. They're, they're being more sensible with what is important and what's not. You saw it with consoles throughout history. You think about back to some of the late-generation Mega Drive, N64 games, um, SNES games. Some of the late-generation ones are the best, and a lot were missed because they were late in the generation. So I think we're starting to see that now with some of these these ports, um, which is a good thing. So 17th of February for that one, which is a week's time. Next up, Bandai Namco announced SD Gundam Battle Alliance for the Nintendo Switch. It's an action RPG about saving the Gundam multiverse. Coming out sometime this year. Um, Gundam's cool. I'm probably not going to buy it, but it was fun and it was big and it was Gundam. So that's always good, Anton. Indeed, it's uh, very charming. It's got these little wee chibi mechs. Uh, it's a little bit of a hard one to, to get on board with. The trailer was a little bit like, oh, it's so cool, we've got all the Gundams. And I was like, what's the game like? And they're like, look at all the Gundams. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is not for me, but uh, is it for you, Al? It did look Gundam amazing, I have to say. Hey. <laughs> hey, I've been waiting to use that. No, it did look, it looked very cute. Uh, cute is probably the best word for it, actually, because it didn't look sort of spectacular, but the way they'd drawn all the Gundams was adorable. I mean, there was another word for it. They looked like cute and swished and just lovely. But yeah, they didn't show us any gameplay at all. So God damn it. we have no idea what to make it. <laughs> Yeah, so many jokes we can make here. Yeah. This is going to be brilliant. But yeah, I felt that they could have done more with their time slot in there. Either that or the game is like miles away and they haven't actually got anything to show us. They just wanted to start building up some hype. Yeah, uh, well, it's coming out 2022, so that could be December 31st, 2022, for all we know. Square Enix have announced Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition for the Nintendo Switch, 32-bit R- uh, JRPG. Uh, so another kind of remake or a re-version of a game uh, coming out the 7th of April. i got to say... I. I don't know if I expected more, but is there a problem with remastering a 32-bit era game, maybe? Is that the is that the tricky era, Anton? Because you're away from the classic 16-bit, 8-bit era. You're not quite at the, the Xbox, PlayStation 2 era. Yeah, I think that formulative era of the kind of both 2D and 3D. we can't really translate the games very well. We can't just upscale them. And, you know, they've tried in this case, you know, they've they've increased the resolution of the backgrounds and made them high res and shiny. And then they've upped the the models. Um, But that method of having 2D sprite backgrounds with 3D models isn't a method that we use, so it doesn't scale very well. Uh, in the same way that you can't really just port Atari games to the, the Switch. You can port NES games, but you can't port Atari. It's just a little bit too early in that technology, and I think similar here, this game struggles a little. I think if they could price this game similar to the Final Fantasy VII through Nine on the Nintendo Switch, that would be good. That would be fine. I think it's a fantastic franchise, especially loved Chrono Trigger. Um, so I would love that, but I have a sneaking suspicion with how they've packaged this game up and bringing in content from this Teleview exclusive experience that it might not be um, the, the kind of 11 99 that I want. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a weird one, actually. The cutscenes, they translated really, really well. The cutscenes actually looked beautiful, but when you saw the gameplay footage, everything was just a bit juttery and just it looked a little bit odd. And there was a, a certain clip I noticed as well where you got the PlayStation blur coming through. It just, everything was just a bit... Well, maybe it's deliberate, actually. I'm, I, I'm maybe being overly critical. Maybe They may have maybe deliberately left this looking the way it did for nostalgic reasons. Oh, it could be just that it's cheaper. <laughs> That's probably the more likely answer, but I was trying to be kind. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think it's great we have it because, again, the Chrono series is a lot of great games in there, and I think it's awesome that we have it in there. Um, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like Anton, I think pricing is key here. I, I don't think if it's full price, you should... In my opinion, it's one that you should spend your hard-earned money on. But, it, it, of course, if you're a huge fan of the series, you might totally disagree. Uh, 7th of April, that one comes out. New details on Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, new mouthful mode, which I loved. Kirby can inhale real-world world objects. The car was my favourite. And transform into them. Coming out on the 25th of March, uh, 2022. I, you know, the funny thing about this, I keep saying, I'll wait till the reviews, I'll wait till the reviews. But every time I see more, I'm like... I don't want to wait to the reviews. It looks awesome, Al. <laughs> I, I'm not waiting for reviews. I'm definitely getting this. I've always had a fondness for Kirby, even though I've not played one for a very long time. There's just something about his... He's just an adorable character and sucking in enemies and then absorbing their powers is just kind of cool. And the fact you can now suck in a car or a vending machine or a scissor lift. There's just so many opportunities here for so much fun. And the game does look like it's so high quality. The environments, the the characters the story the gameplay there's nothing i can fault so far in anything we have seen it just looks brilliant it looks like they've really taken kirby and actually thought about how to bring it to the next gen because i kind of feel all the the more recent kirby games have all been a bit you know stayed just the same thing over and over again not really being very creative whereas this looks like they've genuinely thought how do we do this how do we turn kirby into a sort of mario galaxy type game that's what this looks like uh, got, got to concur you know it's amazing that you know there's a lot of games when we get iterative trailers you know it's the same kind of content that they showed in the last trailer re-edited with an extra 30% on the, at the end this just every time they show it they show something completely new and it's just adding on and it just looks to be a game that is both expansive creative and ambitious and it's amazing that Super Mario Odyssey was a great game and that game walked so this game can run. It really looks like it is just taking all the things that that title did well, taking it further, but also doing its own thing with it. I'm incredibly impressed with what HAL Laboratory's done and how they've managed to leap so far beyond their previous Kirby game. Yeah, no, I... 100% agree. I'm very excited for this one. Um, it looks wonderful. Uh, it looks better every time I see it and mouthful mode gets a big thumbs up from me as well. We also then got some new details on MLB Show 2022. The game's going to feature cross-game progression and multiplayer. It's coming out on the 5th of April uh, this year. It was probably one of the funniest presentations with the uh, the baseball guys and then the American voiceover. It was very strange. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell from that. I did think it looked a little bit janky, weirdly enough. As much as MLB show is the good baseball game i don't know i felt it was a little weird looking on the switch i don't know if that was just my perception or if i was tired at that point and too excited from having just seen kirby i'm not sure but um it's great it's coming to the switch i'm just interested to see what kind of reviews this one gets all yeah yeah it does i actually i don't think you were just tired and you know overly excited 
it does look a bit weird when it's downscaled to a switch because clearly there's a lot of downscaling going on. But they've tried and actually done a pretty good job of replicating some relatively good lighting complex stuff that's going on in the, the game and the physics. Um, but it just doesn't quite work. It does look like a next-gen game that's been downscaled. Yeah. But the fact you can play it with people on the other platforms, I mean, cross-play is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, as you said, the trailer was hilarious. It was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, what what really impressed me about this is, uh, you know, it had the graphical downgrades that we would expect from a franchise that was not intended for hardware of this caliber. You know, this is a, a franchise that's been designed for the PS4 for and probably the PS4 Pro for a, a good decade now, and now PlayStation Five, and now they're having to all of a sudden bring it to lower spec hardware. What I was really impressed by was how much of the game's content is still intact. All of their kind of interesting, unique, oddball features, the smaller ones, seem to be all still there. So, um, my God, EA were completely useless with the FIFA franchise. Yeah, I mean, well, we know that. But you're right, this does then <laughs> prove just how bad they were when it came you're to FIFA first on Switch. You know? They got it. I know, they've done it. Out, out the bat. Straight out the bat. Now, next up, gameplay for Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix Cloud version, uh, HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue Cloud version, and Kingdom Hearts 3 and Remind Cloud version. So we got some more footage of the cloud versions. Ugh. It's so frustrating because it was great, but everything bar 3 should have just been a native Switch game. And I'm, I kind of just stopped watching, even though I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan. I like, I want to play the games. I don't want to play them like this, Anton. Yeah, you know, if you're showing off a cloud game at this event, it should be the best looking game at this event. That was not the case. These games should be running on the Switch. <laughs> Yeah, disappointing. I actually thought it was a weird one to wedge in. I'd spent the entire demo thinking, how much has Square Enix paid them to stick this in here just because it's launching tomorrow? Yeah. I've, I mean, it was like, everyone knows about this. This isn't new. Why are you showing it? Exactly. I felt exactly the same. I kind of felt it was a bit of a pointless addition when we had so many other things that we could have maybe seen more of. So we'll just move on to the next one because... I don't think we should talk about it anymore. Uh, Bandai Namco have announced Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series for the Nintendo Switch. We did talk about this briefly on the show at the weekend. 2.5D platforming remake of Klonoa Door to Phantomiel and Klonoa 2 Lunatize Veil coming out on the 8th of July 2022. Now, when we talked about it on Sunday, I said, oh, I don't really know anything about these games, which is still the case. But having watched that, I must admit, I looked at them and I thought, this looks like my kind of fun platformy PS2 era type thing that I might just be keen on now. Funny, I, I sadly had the opposite reaction. I watched it and went, oh, this looks like something that should be left in the depth of time. But then I had this weird thing where when it comes to 2D platformers, it's got to have it's got to be something I have played in the past for it to have a nostalgic tie. Otherwise, look at it and go, eh, I'd rather play 3D. Because apparently that's what, the way my brain works these days, which is shocking. Boo, boo! <laughs> um, I really like this one. Um, I've, I haven't actually played the Clonoa games, but it felt like in my head. You know how they didn't do any proper 3D Sonic games on the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. This is what I would have wanted it to be like. Um, I, it looks real fun. I, I love the the way it kind of uses the space despite be doing, being a 2D platformer. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I just hope they don't get uh, too ambitious with their pricing. I, I agree with that. I think if the pricing's right, this could be a purchase early on for me as well. But I think they have to get that pricing right. Otherwise, 
I don't think so. Uh, but this one, well, Valve <laughs> announced <laughs> Portal Companion Collection for Nintendo Switch. And I saw this and I went, <gasps> it couldn't be, could it? The collection couldn't include, mm, and mm, could it? Well, it's, uh, yes, it, c- it includes uh, Portal and Portal 2. Uh, Portal 2's full co-op game, the original Portal, Portal uh, all Portal 2 playable via split screen, local and online multiplayer. Coming out 2022, and am I reading this right? Is it going to be 1799, Anton? It is. Um, <laughs> at least $20 in the state, um, which is uh, the same price as they sell it on Steam. Uh, that is day uh, one Day one for me, because Portal... T- well, Portal is one of the best games ever. Portal 2 is one of the best co-op games ever. $17.99 is a very fair price. You can play it on the go. You can take it with you. Wonderful. 100% in. Al, how do you feel about it? I was just so taken aback by this. I was not expecting it. I mean, it just carried on the whole, what? It's just, for real? What? Seriously? Type, type feeling of this whole direct. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to make, obviously, a lot of people very happy. We say this a lot, but there's a lot of love for Portal. You guys are both obsessed with it. I have never played it and really need to remedy that. Oh, because so whenever I say that, literally every single person I say it to goes, What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Anton says he's never seen The Matrix. It's just it's the same reaction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why are you throwing that into the ether now? Al? Why are you doing <laughs> no, that? Tell the secrets. But it is true, though, Anton, isn't it? It is just such oh, a great, yeah. wonderful game. And if you play it with a friend uh, or in co-op mode of Portal Two, it is just fantastic. Portal One. I remember playing it for the first time. I still remember playing it the first time and going, "What is this? This is so clever." Yeah, this was one of those dreaming Switch titles that I'd kind of had no expectation of. I just didn't see it coming, and I think this is a great manifestation of Valve's claims that the Steam Deck isn't a competitor to the Switch. Um, I would have happily have paid £40 for these games. I was going to play them on the Steam Deck, and I was like, I'm not buying it again. $17.99, I'll just play it twice. These games are probably, if you... Like, if we found an objective way to decide the best game of all time and it came out at the end and are like, yeah, Portal's the best game, I would be like, you know what? I I don't personally, that's not my favourite game, but I agree that that could be the best game of yeah, all time. I would agree. It's fantastic. It's not my it's not my favourite game of all time, but it is a wonderful game. And there's just something about playing it that is just, it's just got so much going for it. Uh, coming out 2022, great price as well. Next up, Square Enix. Remind me, was this Live A Live or Live A Live? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> exactly. Live Alive. Live Alive. I think it was Live Alive for Nintendo Switch. It's an HD 2D remaster of the once Japanese-only RPG. Seven different stories featuring different protagonists, time periods, and gameplay styles await. Coming out 22nd of July, 2022. Now, when this came on, uh, my instant reaction was, oh, another one. Okay, cool. And then when I watched it and watched the stories and went, oh, oh. It was like that, like every story, every different scenario. I'm going, this looks great. And there was a bit of voice acting in there. I don't know if that was in the game or not, but it it just made me want to play it. So I really like the look of this. This is like what I would have liked Triangle Strategy to be, Al. (laughs) Like you, I watched this one. Oh, here comes another one. And then discovered that I was really smitten with it. It looks wonderful. I've never heard of it, but being Japan only, then that doesn't really surprise me. But there's there's not many of these games that come along and I think, oh, Ooh, I like the look at that. And this was definitely up there. It just, it has something. Just the different time period stories all merging together into one big, beautiful game has something that is very compelling about it. And the art style was cool. It was a very nice HD remake. I, yeah, I, I, it looks like they've done really, really well. 
Yeah, you know, this was a captivating trailer to watch. The scale of the story looks um, really hard to fathom. I don't know how they bring it all into one with the seven different narratives. And, you know, I sadly didn't enjoy the trailer for, not the trailer, excuse me, the demo for Project Triangle Strategy or Octopath Traveler. This here, just from the trailer alone, I don't need to play it to know that this will be a game I'll enjoy a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very impressed. I hope they have a demo. Square Enix is very good on that front. Yeah. Very impressed. Uh, very happy to see this. And a really good way to remaster this title. Yeah, I agree. It's just such a surprise one, this, for me. And it was exactly the same. Started off a bit like, mm, and then by the end, I was like, I want to play this. This looks great. Next up, Nintendo also announced... <laughs> Nintendo Switch Sports for the Nintendo Switch. This includes soccer, volleyball, bowling, tennis, badminton, and Jambara. Uh, golf will be added later in the year. The physical version will also give you the Joy-Con leg strap. The game will receive free updates in future online multiplayer, including skill-based matchmaking. Uh, coming out the 29th of April with a playtest. Nice. 18th to 20th of February. That's like a week away. Oh, this is just so great. We talked about this so many times on the podcast. We said, oh, we need Wii Sports. Like, we want Wii Sports back. And they've given us it. But this looks ace. And the football with the motion control, that just looks so much fun, Al. It does. I mean, this was... I mean, it wasn't maybe my highlight, but it was right up there. It was another one that came out of nowhere. And I watched it going, this is brilliant. But did either of you watch this going... We should have had this at launch and it should have been free like it was on the Wii. Because I find myself going, I loved it on the Wii. It was probably one of the most played games we had in the house on the Wii. But I don't actually know if I've got to buy it. Because in my head, it was free. And now I've got to pay for the new version. And my brain is really confused. But it looks brilliant. I shouldn't feel this way. I have no right to feel this way. I don't think it was. Was it not just bundled with the Wii? Yeah, it was bundled. But that means it's free. It came with every Wii. Mm. Just about. <laughs> okay, well, okay, but I, I know what you're saying. I think I probably would buy this, though, f simply from the point of view of the nights when you've got friends around, because it's kind of, it's like the rock band effect. It's that kind of game where you can f get up and play, but it's not a hassle to get up and play. It just feels like a good compromise. Anton, where did you sit with it? Um, yeah, uh, one, obviously loved it. I feel like the reason they, we, they, we didn't get it day one is they spent five years trying to decide whether or not it's Wii Sports 4 or uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. Hard decision, I could understand. Mm -hmm. um, I'm loving the new Miis. They're looking clean. I wonder if they'll be uh, a staple um, system-wide or if this will be exclusive to this title. Um, I think uh, I'm similar to you, Al, in terms of pricing. I think in the, the way that Wii Sports Resort was able to charge money for that is it was such a larger game. It had probably double the sports of this. It had the island. You know, there was a, a kind of a scene and set dressing to it that the original Wii Sports didn't have but didn't need because it was free. This is very much Wii Sports 1 minus the bowling, which, oh no. No, oh, the bowling's in there. There is bowling. Oh, thank God. Yeah, bowling's in uh, But yeah, it feels very much closer to the first Wii Sports than it did Wii Sports Resort or even Wii Sport Club on Nintendo Wii U. So for that, it feels a little bit content light. However, I hope this is something they can remedy with future updates. As overall, you know, this is a game that makes me want to go visit my gran immediately. <laughs> yeah. 
See, out of curiosity, did either of you guys just, just find yourself laughing on the floor in uncontrollable stitches when you're watching uh, Koizuma and oh, Takahashi so playing good. their demo together? It was, so it was just good. so awkward but and it's, wonderful. It's everything that makes Nintendo Directs what they are. It was oh. like that moment just summed the whole thing up. But I have to say, um, I totally get where you're, you're coming from, but I also think it's a great thing that they've gone back to that basic kind of formula because if they get the gameplay right on these games I don't think it's going to matter that there's only six or seven sports I mean what was the first one have four and that was fine because they were all good they all, they all did what they were supposed to do I think with Wii Sports Resort there were a few fillers in there I thought there were a couple that didn't quite hit the nail on the head whereas with the original it just worked so I've got expectations which will probably be dashed but you know in my head I'm like this is going to be great but we'll see uh, next up Bandai Namco announced uh, Taiko no Tasajun Rhythm Festival for the Nintendo Switch uh, which is the kind of rhythm game uh, where there is one already on the Switch but this is the, the new one uh, 76 songs included plus a paid in-game subscription service giving you access to over 500 songs at launch coming out this year not one for me personally but I watching I thought yeah I could see people having a lot of fun with that it feels like a Nintendo game it feels like a family Nintendo game I'd imagine there's a big audience for this it's just not me that's in the audience Al yeah I I don't know how I felt about this one in all honesty it did look like it was quite good fun it looked frantic it reminded me of a uh, sort of PlayStation 2 era game actually more than Nintendo it felt a bit out of place on the Switch to me it's like this this feels foreign for want of a better word it just didn't sit comfortably in our ecosystem but it did look like a good fun good fun game but when they said that there was the paid in-game subscription with access to 500 games all of a sudden my blood pressure shot up at that point i was like wait 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 wait, you're introducing this we don't have this this is not a thing we we get the games with the songs of the game i don't want to be paying extra for extra songs now it didn't really bother me the fact that we did used to do it with rock band and stuff but you got real songs we don't know what the songs are in this game yet. They may have real songs that we all know and love, in which case then I'll just settle myself back down and put myself back in my box. But if you're paying whatever the subscription is for you is for just a whole lot of random tunes, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, well, I'll say from the musician's point of view, I think it's brilliant because I'm sure there's some licensing and things in there for the the people hard who've worked hard at those songs that may not be um, Journey and Guns N' Roses, but at least are very well uh, done songs. So I'm I'm kind of on the side of it gives you the option, and it sounds like there's a lot of content without it, Anton. Yeah, you know, I think this could have been done a little bit slicker. I, I think there's a lot of great ideas similar to Just Dance Unlimited. Um, for mobile devices that has a subscription service where you have this expansive catalogue. You know, that worked in that space and I think it could work in this space. I think where we run into trouble is one, that we have a game, another game in this franchise that plays identically and the main addition to this one is you're getting the new song library. I feel like if they just took the subscription service and then released that on its own, and then Kelvin, in the same way that you pay for any music service, you know, that is your, your monetization structure. I think getting people to pay all this money and then forcing, not forcing them, but, you know, getting them to then pay a service on top of it, it feels feels too much. I, I think know. one or t'other could work. I don't know. I think 76 songs, but with the option of another 500 plus, that's kind of cool to me. I, I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. I think if it came with six songs and you had to pay for the rest, I would agree. But with 76 songs, that could keep you going for a very long time. Mm. But... Yeah, it just seems, you know, at, you know, you're paying, fifth, let's say, £40 to then pay £8 a month. Yeah, if it was DLC, if it was pay once and get all the songs, that's kind of different. 
but the subscription yeah. model for them, it just, I don't like it. It doesn't sit right. Like, I, it's like buying Spotify for £40 and you, they give you 80 songs and then it's like, oh, do you want to get more? You have to pay £10 a month for the you rest should of have, uh, <laughs> You should have been brought up 20 years earlier, Anton. You could spend £40 and get around about 40 songs for four albums <laughs> if you were doing really well. So, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but that's because um, I'm looking at this from, you know, the amount of work that I know goes into a song, let alone over 500. However, um, it'll be interesting to see how it does, and I'm sure it will do really well regardless of our opinions on it. Next up, new details on Triangle Strategy, new prologue demo uh, will be available you're going to be able to play up to chapter three and you'll be able to transfer your save data to the full game once purchased which is a nice little touch i know there's a bit of controversy over this one i, f- I think some of our patrons feel that uh, this is a bit too similar to uh, the sort of premise of the last fire emblem game <laughs> in terms of its story and things um i think as a visual thing um i i think visually it's got something about it, but it's very similar to the last one. What was the one we saw um, a couple of years ago? I forget. Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler, yeah. yeah. So it's got a very similar feel to that. Um, and weirdly, the weird thing about this game is I keep seeing it and going, oh, that looks good. And then I don't really pay attention to anything, Anton. Yeah, you know, it's a, a good looking game that has some kind of simple compact, like mechanics underneath. They seem to be nuanced, but from an outsider, they seem a little bit primitive uh i didn't personally enjoy the demo for this and now the thing i liked about it the visual aesthetic looks to be getting done a lot better in alive alive uh so <laughs> i'm out <laughs> yeah i, I yeah I, I know what you're saying there yeah yeah i i'm the odd one here because actually the fire emblem games and to be fair most kind of rpg types like games like that they don't really draw me in i haven't i honestly haven't got any interest in playing them Triangle Strategy is the first one I've seen in a long time. I actually think, ooh, I really quite like the look of that. I actually wanted to go and play it. So I am going to go and get the demo and I am going to play it. And after that, I might go back and pick up Octopath Traveler because I just kind of have ignored them. But there's something about Triangle Strategy that is just really drawing me in every single time I see it. And even if it has kind of nicked its premise from Fire Emblem Three Houses, that's okay. It's doing it in a completely different game mode. I mean, just about every single platformer made in the 1990s makes it next its uh, story from Super Mario. So, <laughs> does it matter? I yeah. I I know many people are going to hate me for that. In fact, right now I'm being lambasted <laughs> as because we're recording this live. Oh, the There's people in great. our in our chat and they are ripping me apart for saying this. <laughs> but it's the way I feel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's borrowing, and there's borrowing and. There's borderline um, copying slash stealing. Now, I'm not saying this is the case here. I'm just saying that I can see why there's a difference. And I think a platform platformer with a princess trapped in a castle is <laughs> that Mario could be said to have stolen from old fables and stories and fairy tales, let alone anything else. So, I, I yeah, I get it. But we'll see. I'm not sure. The fact is the demo is good. I like the fact the demo, though, Anton, does let you progress on. I think that's always a good touch. Yeah. You know, I don't know why we were expecting writing from people that call the game Triangle Strategy. And the code name was Project Triangle Strategy. So I don't really think we should have been expecting writing from them. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we've got new details on Cups, the delicious last course, coming out on the 30th of June, 2022. I'll be honest, I've forgotten all about this one. What was this about? Yeah, oh yeah, it was more more DLC, isn't it, for um, Cuphead? As far as I'm aware, Cuphead, it's not a whole new yeah, game. It is Cuphead. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's DLC, right, Anton? Indeed, yeah. This has been, I believe, in the work 
you know, long the since like time. 2018, 19. They showed it off ages ago. It's like the original Cuphead got delayed, delayed, delayed because they kept on adding things to it. It looks fabulous. Um, it'll be great. Whether or not it'll be worth the wait, hard to say, but at least it'll be in time with that new Netflix show. Yeah. The game just looks gorgeous. I mean, I, I want to play it, but I don't want to play it because mm. I've only ever seen it from afar and it looks wonderful and I love the whole thing they've created. But equally, the game's got a reputation for being very, very hard and I will get grumpy and then I won't like it. And I quite like liking it from afar. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Al, on this one. Cuphead is a game that I look at and go, this looks amazing. But every time I look at it, I just know I'm going to start getting very angry if I try to actually play it. But great that we're getting more DLC. It's fantastic. Also got some new DLC details of metroid dread new update now adding dread mode which is one hit death no thank you and rookie mode that's better increased recovery times the demo also has been updated uh update two uh, is coming out in april which will add boss rush so there's a few things happening there with metroid dread it's great to see that they are adding to it anton yeah you know there was elements that I enjoyed about the demo. Um, it was just a little bit challenging for me. They had these robot monkeys that kept on, like, just getting me. Um, so I feel like with this new rookie mode, it might help me get through a little bit more. Uh, I'm very pleased that they've updated the demo as well. The boss rush mode does look really fun because the bosses do look like one of the highlights of this title. Um... Yeah, let's, I'm excited. I'm glad they're supporting the titles. Um, God bless to anybody that plays it on Dread mode, though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think any, well, not any, most of these modes I do not think were aimed at really any of us because we are all far too soft and rubbish at games to be able to play any of these one touch and you're dead type things. But rookie mode does make the whole thing a bit more appealing because I like the the challenge and I like the thinking element of Metroid. Metroids have always been really clever games, but yeah, I'm not good enough at them. So this is this is appealing. We're getting through this. We've got a few more to go, though. Um, and next up, a bit of a surprise, but one that people have talked about. There was a lot of rumours about this, actually, uh, during the day. It does, Twitter was kind of talking about this uh, all day, but um, not in maybe the way that it came out. So Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are out now, available on the Nintendo Switch online service. And a really interesting one, this one, because Earthbound massively talked about for a very long time. And... Um, a lot of people saying it's just one of the best games of that era and we can play it. I wasn't sure if I like much of the look of Earthbound Beginnings, to be honest. I wasn't sure about that one, but Earthbound looks looks great still. Um, and yeah, it's part of the Switch Online service, Anton. Yeah, which this is just part of the, you know, the normal tier, not the expansion pack, which is really great for those users because they haven't gotten a new game in about six months. And yeah, you know, these are iconic games, um, Earthbound especially. Earthbound Beginnings feels like it's struggling a little with its hardware limitations. And I'm really excited. This. To be honest, outside of, you know, you know, getting to play these iconic games... I'm really excited for everybody to start playing these games because they have built up such a cult following. And then Nintendo will sit back and be like, hmm, lots of people are playing this Earthbound game. We should make another one. Mm-hmm. Or Port Mother 3 that's had fan translations for at least a decade. Mother 4 is um, what we're looking for. Yeah, you know, I, I hope this is a beacon and, you know, the fans that have been so ravenous about this franchise online. Uh, one, get validation for the cult following this game is built, and two, are able to bring in new people into the franchise that can hopefully fund or at least re- raise awareness for the next entry in the Mother franchise. 
Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. I think I don't know how people generally felt because obviously I don't do the Twitters and all these kind of things, but I kind of got the impression people might be disappointed because they were expecting new mm. mother. But I can't really imagine people would be terribly upset at the fact they actually they're getting these older ones for sort of free because yeah. I imagine most people it's, have already got the Nintendo Switch online. So that yeah. element of it was great. It was it was bizarre actually. I hadn't realised that the first Mother, uh, well, first Earthbound, whatever game you want to call it, game was called The Beginnings. That that feels very much like they had set out with a deliberate whole arc that they were going to do. And sure enough, that is what they called it back in nineteen was eighty nine when the first one came out. Yeah. It was very forward-thinking of them. That's all I could see. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, when I watched it, I did have that initial thought of, "Oh, are we getting? Are we going to get a new Earthbound slash Mother Four, whatever?" And um, I was, I wasn't disappointed because, as you said, it's on the Nintendo Switch Online service, which we all have. You can pay to upgrade, and there might be reasons we're coming on to in a minute. Uh, but the Nintendo Switch Online service, that's a really good addition. And I was kind of like, no, that's fine. That's okay. And and as Anton said, maybe this will lead to something else happening in the future. So, um, yeah, really welcome addition. And all I'll say is go and check it out. I'm going to be checking it out. We then got a montage. Now, this is always one of my favorite moments when the montage begins and we get to see a few releases. I'm going to go through these. We got Zombie Army 4 Dead War coming out on the 26th of April. Uh, we got Getsu... Fumaden, Undying Moon, out now. We've got Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, 10th of June. We've got Lego Brawls, which is a game which is on the Apple Arcade uh, store at the moment, or the Apple Arcade um, app, I guess. Uh, And then we've got Two Point Campus on the 17th of May. This is the first time, and given how brilliant the Direct was, that I've been slightly disappointed by a montage sequence (laughs) I direct because it was a little light on games. I was waiting for the Arkham Trilogy to arrive. You know, often that's where we see the other stuff from other developers. And I thought, oh, this will be the Arkham Trilogy. We'll get it here. And I was really quite kind of, it was a bit light. Like Two Point Campus is great, but we know that's coming. Lego Brawls, yeah, it's a good game. It's fun. But the rest of them, yeah, they're cool, but they're not for me. And it was just a bit light on games. How did you feel, Al? Kind of the same as you, to be honest. I do love a montage. They are usually chock full of some interesting little gems in there, and there wasn't really, although the one thing I did take away from it was that the, uh, it's not a game I'm ever going to be playing, but the, um, the Zombie Army 4 looked brilliant. I'm assuming the footage they showed us was Switch footage, and it was gorgeous. It looked so good. I can it did look only good. assume that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if that was for us though. I don't know if that was actual Nintendo or if that was the game being run elsewhere. And it was just. It was nice to see and get a release date for Two Point Campus because I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, as a, somebody who works in media production, got to say this was a very nicely edited montage. I did enjoy that. However, the the content was a bit a bit light. You know, these are a lot of games that we've seen before, so I guess it makes sense for them being in a montage. Um, all f- look to be fairly solid games. Uh, Two Point Campus is a day one purchase for me, and yeah, Zombie Army Four. Um, did look it good. looks like re- yeah, Rebellion. Um, they seem to be just kings of getting really good looking games out of the switch uh for being a non-dedicated porting company you know they've, yeah. they've handled it very well it looks good i think what it was for me is in every previous montage there's always been one game where i've gone oh wow didn't expect that and it kind of flashes by and then you don't get enough time to really think about it mm. and there wasn't one in there for me that i felt like that now that's not saying there wasn't one for other people but there wasn't one 
for me in that list because we already knew about Two Point Camp- Campus. If I didn't know about Two Point Campus, that would have done it. But I was just wanting that Arkham trilogy. But then we got. Can we talk about it yet? Can we talk yes, about it? Now? We can, can we talk, talk about, about it? it? Let's talk about Yay. it. Very, very interesting take on this because there were lots of rumors about Mario Kart. We talked about it on the podcast the other day. We thought they would announce a new Mario Kart, and they kind of did. Kind of. Let's talk about it. They announced Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. That game has been around for Wait, six hold on. years. We've had, yeah, we've got that. We've got Wait. that. We've got that. We had it on the Wii U minus the Deluxe, and yeah, we've all played hundreds of hours on it. But we're getting the booster course pass for the Nintendo Switch. It's six waves of DLC, each featuring eight remastered courses and two cups, which means 48 courses in total. Wave one is coming 18th of March for 22.49. This will be included for free as part of the Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pack service. Now, I want to clarify a couple of points here, and Anton might be the man to ask. When it says this will be included free and wave one is twenty two forty nine, does that mean that wave one alone is costing twenty two forty nine for the first eight courses? And does that mean that it's only wave one that's included on this expansion pack? Or when you pay that, do you then get access to future DLCs? Or if you get the new exp- if you get the expansion pack, do you then get access to the future ones? Nope. Um, we are very fortunate. We we are getting spoiled rotten um, for your twenty four ninety nine, or included within of your Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. You will be getting all six waves, all forty eight courses. Um, we in good, good, good. I mean, <laughs> I have to say my opinion because this was a controversial way of doing it, right? Because they didn't bring a new Mario Kart out. But here's my point. What do you do with an other than bringing in a new mode and changing it up like they did with Double Dash, which not necessarily is not necessarily the right way to go? And we also have Mario Kart Tour on mobile anyway. Do we really need a new Mario Kart? My thought is probably not. What we do need is new courses, new content, new races, new things to do online that are going to throw us for the people that don't know the courses back to front, which I definitely do at this point. And this is it. And it makes total sense. It's almost like, it's like having some online system that goes for a long time and you add to it every so often. Mario Kart, the the core game is the system and then we're adding games to it as we go. It's great. I think this is a really clever idea. And the fact that it's added to the expansion pack, I was on the fence about the N64 games, the Mega Drive games. This is like the icing on the cake. This has suddenly made it the best value expansion pack out there, Al. I know this was this was incredibly surprising. We we all went into this expecting Mario Kart Nine, and then this is what we got. And I'm not upset in the slightest. In fact, this is better news and better value. I don't need to go out and buy a whole new Mario Kart, which they would charge you fifty quid for. Instead, all I got to do is pay twenty five quid and get all these courses, or just ex- get go get the expansion pass, which then gets me all the N sixty four stuff. It gets me the Mega Drive stuff. It gets you the Animal Crossing stuff, and it now gets you all this Mario Kart stuff, which is a really compelling proposition. And I think probably actually, if you're likely to keep your subscription for a couple of years, is definitely the better value way of doing it. And yeah, they they have no reason to give us a new Mario Kart game now. They don't need it. I can stop clamoring. Forty eight new courses is a ridiculous amount of content uh, i mean it's i'm trying great. to think i was trying to do a very quick calculation of how many courses are in the current one i think this what is it eight or is it ten cups with four courses each well we had one set of dlc already in fact maybe two sets of dlc previously um, yeah but they were the all released in the deluxe edition in one go 
No, we had a we had an update afterwards, didn't we, Anton? We had an, a, an update. Um, no, 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 we no, had. No. Um, Am I that thinking back, back to the Wii U days? That was a Wii U. Yeah, yeah. that's Wii U okay. days. So, so yeah, you're right, and and I think what's amazing about it is for me too. It's the perfect way to do it because we don't necessarily need to go and buy a new core game because even graphically. Is there an awful lot more you can do with Mario Kart? Okay, there are little touches and you can animate better and all the rest of it. But as a core game, it runs brilliantly anyway. To do anything bigger, you're going to probably need to get to another system that's probably another five years away, I would say, by the time we're ready for anything drastically different. So I think this is ideal. What's your take on it, Anton, in that sense? Yeah, initially with the expectation of Mario Kart 9, I I did go through like denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and then finally acceptance. And now I'm very chuffed about it. You know, this is a redonkulous amount of content. And as you can mention, it makes total sense. You know, why make Mario Kart Ultimate when we're like 70% there already? And this is the extra bit to really just make it the most complete Mario Kart 8 experience ever. I hope they can squeeze in some extra characters as maybe free updates uh, just to, to fill it out a little. But overall, very impressed. And what I'm more excited about this is this is evidence of an idea we discussed concerning the expansion pack at first with it being a little bit light on content at first, that this will become the Game Pass of DLCs. Mm-hmm. And that could be a very, very genius way to do it, you know, especially if they got maybe some of the back catalog in there. If you just, you know, have like, let's say, eight Switch games and then four of them have DLCs that are on the uh, the subscription service, that could be a very good proposition, value proposition. And this is a great one to start with. Yeah. Overall, very, very impressed. Well, and I'm so glad I'm not... Interestingly, did you guys look at the small print? At the very bottom, when it said $24.99, it did say manufacturer's suggested retail price, actual price may vary. Now, I don't mm. know if that means that you might manage to pick it up even cheaper some places. Yeah, I have no idea. That would be cool. Well, what is interesting to me is they could have easily packaged this with the 48 new courses, two new cups, and the current content together as a new game and said it's $49.99 retail. Um, and we would have accepted it. We'd have been like, okay, cool. We're getting another, we're getting double the courses but we've already got all the Mario Kart Ultimate stuff in there too, and they could have easily packaged that as a separate game. Um, would that have been better, Anton? <laughs> no, that's um, that's going to be um, Mario Kart 8 Anniversary Edition for the Switch 2. Um, it's going to become like Skyrim. That's the future. <laughs> it's good, <laughs> mods and, and all. Um, no, I think this was a really genius way of doing it, and it's so exciting that we're getting new courses for Mario Kart in a month's time, and then... Yeah, that we're all suddenly going to be on the expansion pack service, which is not what I foresee before this direct. We then had one last announcement, and I did call this. I don't know if any of you spotted my predictions in the chat beforehand, but if you go back there and read them, I did say this game would be announced. And it was, and Nintendo announced Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for the Nintendo Switch, tying together Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2, and you step into the roles of protagonist Noah and, is it Mio? I can't remember, Mayo, amid turmoil between the hostile nations of, I can't even pronounce these names, Agnes and, is it Kevs or Keeves? Yes. Okay, com- yes. coming out September <laughs> Ke- 20... Kevis. Kevis. Coming out in September 2022, complete with the terrible... Uh, accents from different regional areas which all they all have and i kind of love i love it when you've got a welsh character and a scottish character and someone from birmingham and it's just great i love it um but it's xenoblade chronicles it looks gorgeous the the second game is fantastic although i haven't got around to finishing it the first game 
was done really well. Um, and yeah, and then of course there was the an expansion or an extra version of Xenoblade 2 that came out. So yeah, I think this is going to be huge again and a really nice way to round it off, Anton. Yeah, you know, this is a, a franchise that goes from uh, bound to bound, leaps and leaps. Uh, it really has grown and matured. And this looks like the most mature version of that yet. And I've got to say, I am very impressed with how this game's looking, um, especially comparing it to, let's say, Pokemon Arceus, you know, similar big open world game with uh, mythical creatures roaming it with RPG elements. Uh, this game looks like it's it's on a different planet. It, it looks very stunning. Um, Monolith Studios has always had an act for getting the best out of the Switch. And it looks like they're doing it here. And they've been working on this game for a good, good while. And I just, I'm very, very impressed with what they've done here. Even though it's not a game that's particularly uh, tailored towards my my interest and in, uh, flavors of games. But it's been done incredibly well here. It looks mind-blowingly gorgeous. There is no other way of describing it. It is just absolutely stunning. And I did kind of look at this going, I wonder if they developed this for a Switch Pro and then had to chuck it on here. And I suspect they may well have done, but it just, if it, that is running just on a normal Switch, which it is, that is just, yeah, the, the genius that has gone into making that game look the way it looks is just unfathomable. And it had got to that point in the direct went, we've not, we've not seen Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I mean, it was pretty much a guarantee it's going to come out because they've been talking about it for months. There's been so many leaks. It, if it hadn't been this direct, something would have gone massively you, wrong. You say that, but then there was a lot previously, but on the run-up to the event, there was a lot less in terms of Xenoblade. I mean, I was seeing a lot more for the likes of Batman, for example, than I was Xenoblade. So I, as much as we expected it, I don't know if it was necessarily a surefire thing for this particular Direct, but either way... It, it was in the end. It, it it appeared, and it didn't it didn't surprise me in its appearance. It would it was been surprising me before that that we hadn't seen it. So it was a nice and neat way to round off the direct. And I think uh, I think that was a smart place to put it right at the very very end. It showcased the power of the switch very very nicely and left a nice taste in people's mouths. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Another perfect example of how they could have made Kingdom Hearts run on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, just before we, we give our ratings then, what was missing? What what were the things that you would have liked to have had that weren't there, Anton? Yeah, you know, there it was missing... It's interesting, I was thinking about this, because I was like, after initially finishing it, I was like, there wasn't like a, a you know... Uh, you know, chuck your drink onto the floor and throw popcorn in the, the ceiling kind of game. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, have we maybe ran out of those games for the Switch? You know, there's not another Animal Crossing, there's not another, like, Smash Ultimate. Um, so for that, um, you know, to be honest, I think it was fairly, fairly well covered. You know, it had a lot of surprises, both first-party surprises, third-party surprises, some games that we're expecting but we're excited for. It was a fairly solid one. Um, maybe not just one of like my personal favourite franchises, but objectively, really good. Mentally, they did have Portal, so that <laughs> that's yeah. hard to beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I left with a very warm feeling about this one. This is probably one of my favourite directs in a very long time, and when we come to be giving it our ratings, mine is going to be high. I'm just going to say that. But my one takeaway, well, two takeaways from this. One, it was full of surprises. There was so much in there that was either unexpected or was delivered in an unexpected fashion, aka Mario Kart. But the other thing was, there was pretty much nothing new in there. 
that grabbed me. And when I say that, what I mean is a lot of stuff that grabbed me was old franchises that were being revisited, their sequels to stuff. There was no new IP. And actually, that's kind of been a bit of a problem all the way through the Switch. They've tried to create new stuff, but very little has really Snipper grabbed clips. their attention that's new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, point, point proof. No arms to the <sighs> Switch is done. Snipper Clips was wonderful. <laughs> It's it just, it's getting a little bit... It's not that it's getting stale, because these games all look wonderful. I really have nothing to complain about. It just struck me that we were rehashing the same things, making sequels and making new versions. Wii Sports is now Nintendo Switch Sports. Mario Kart 8 is still Mario Kart 8. Mario Strikers is Mario Strikers. There's just, there's a lot of repetition, but that's maybe not a bad thing. They're taking gems and polishing them up a bit more and making them even sparklier. Yeah, I mean... That's a good thing, right? To be honest, nostalgia, it, it kills everything else anyway. So if you can combine nostalgia with something new, uh, which is what they did in so many of these franchises, then then great. I didn't, I'm not bothered about that particularly because I think, especially where we are in the Switch cycle, I don't need another Switch um, VR kit, for example, because that's for another system another time. You know, I'm not bothered about that. Um, for me, though, Montage. I would have liked to have seen a few other big third-party games that we've been asking for for a while. Alan Wake Remastered. I would have liked Mass Effect. I would have liked um, Persona 5, but Persona 4 Golden would have been fine as well. Uh, I would have liked... Um, Batman Arkham Trilogy because everyone was talking about it. I suspect those games are going to be announced elsewhere at other points and I think they will happen. I think Batman will happen. We will get a Persona game this year. I am going to guarantee that now. It won't be five. I think it's going to be four. Um, but I just... Oh, Alan Wake will probably come too to the, to the Switch. But that's the only thing that's missing for me. I could have done with one or two more. But then, as you said, we got Portal and I didn't expect that. I would have never guessed that in a in a hundred years. And then the Star Wars game. Who, who would have thought we'd have got a remade version of, of that game? So time for the scores because I think this is going to be one of the more unanimous ones that we've had. Um, feedback online has been immense for this, probably as good as it's ever been. Anton, I'm going to come to you first. We need a score at a 10 from you, please. Um, I'm going to give this one a 9. Um, I feel, yeah, it's, I, I want to give it a 9.5, but something's holding me back, so I'm just going to fall my gut. How about yourself, Al? Well, I've revised my my rating. So when we first did this, so I sat down before we started recording, what am I going to give this? And initially started off thinking, that was really good, I'll give it 8.5. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, the more I thought actually, that was really good. I'm going to bump up to 9.5. And then just Mike just asked what was missing from it. And I racked my brain and I went, nothing. Literally nothing was missing from that. There was nothing else I would want from that direct. So I actually have to give it a 10 because there's nothing I can fault it on personally. It was the perfect direct yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It was wonderful. 10 out of 10. Well, what I was faulting it on, actually you could argue Assassin's Creed is part of that. You could argue Star Wars. You could argue um, for some of the other ones that that we you know we've mentioned throughout you could argue for some of the new stuff being covered as well you've got kirby you've got fire emblem you've got mario you've got yeah i basically i kind of agree with al i as much as i'm not saying everything in there was for me because it wasn't that's never going to happen so if are you asking did it leave me wanting more at the end yes 100 percent. but i also wanted to go and look at some of the games that we've just seen and go through them all again and go oh i want to see more i want to play this so for me it's a 10 it's got to be a 10 i can't see any other way we can go than uh, a 10 out of 10 so you said nine anton i did indeed and um, i think if i hadn't had the the steam deck on pre-order it would have given Portal that little bit more oomph, but that's that's a me problem. That's not a Nintendo problem. 
Yeah. To me, it's, it's the first Direct I've come away with thinking, oh, rats, I have to go and buy six games now. That has never happened before. But literally, Mario Strikers, Mario Kart 8, okay, it's, it's extra stuff, Kirby... Uh, Portal, I want to go and get uh, the time-travelling one, and there was something else in there. I was thinking there's literally six games. Plus, I also want to go and try that Disney Speed uh, Storm game, which, okay, no, I'm not going to pay for it, but I want to go and play that. That's a lot of games in one direct that I personally want to go and spend my hard-earned money on. Yeah, and there's Assassin's Creed games as well, which which I think oh, yeah. will be ones that you'll be likely to go, mm, I kind of want it, because I think of all of them, I think Anton's right, I think they could become the definitive if they've been done well. Um, Portal at seventeen ninety nine. That's just that's incredible for the Switch. I'm not saying it's for that game, but it's just such a great game. Earthbound being there to play a, a bit of history there. Yeah, it's just great. And the Live Alive. We haven't even mentioned that, and we were all raving about that earlier. So that was what um, I was meaning. Time traveling. Uh, Live yeah. Alive. Yeah. So so there's so much in there. Uh, Wii Sports revisited, I guess. So yeah, ten out of ten, which makes an average. I mean, I can't work out. I've got a calculator in front of me, but I think it's what, nine like, point three. I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. It would be nine point three 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 three, wouldn't it? Yes. So there we go. I don't think we're ever going to beat that. Uh, well, who knows? Maybe the next one. The only thing is now, I'm kind of like, I, I said this last night and it's true. I think I prefer Nintendo Direct Day to Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I get more excited. Someone said in our Patreon chat, they said, um, they said, I'm getting too old and I don't get excited enough. And I see everyone getting so excited and I wish I was younger. I'm like... I- I'm like that, and I'm not young. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, what's coming next? What's coming? It's just the best. So much fun, and even when we have a bad one, I'm just hyped for the, the two days before. All I can think about is the directs coming, the directs coming, and it's the hype train, isn't it? You're such a yeah. Nintendo geek. I'm just a geek, but it's fun. It's just, it's fun, you know. Yeah, this one I was particularly excited for. I think sometimes we get directs and we can probably pick out like the top three announcements in advance this one it was pretty much blind you know there's we could i could maybe predict a couple of the small announcements like i i did think batman was going to be in there but the big ones were completely blind um surprises which was delightful yeah it's uh we have got a correction on our average it's actually 9.667 which is correct i've just double checked that so 9.6 oh yes we'd, we'd be 333 each that's we? right yes. yeah so we yeah. double that yeah which is where we went wrong but anyway a little bit of a geeky way to end the show however it is a nintendo podcast so that's kind of goes without saying uh so that is it from us uh looking forward to our next episode already because i'm i can think we've already got lots to talk about um it might be a light episode in terms of new content though but we'll we'll see how that goes um for our patrons we'll be back with a bunch of other stuff as well uh, remember if you want to sign up it's nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us thank you to all our people who've been listening live as well a uh, huge shout out to our patrons who you can do that by the way you can come and join us live they've been giving us their scores which have been unanimously kind of nines essentially people have been giving it a very high score so um a huge thanks to everyone for all the continued support any last words anton um, yeah, um, if you want to learn more about what we do, please head over to nsukp.co.uk. You can check out all of the back catalogue. You can learn more about our Patreon at slash support dash us. And you can watch some videos at slash videos uh, and learn more about us generally. It's a great place. It is a fun place to be. Everybody should come and either at least listen to the show or just come and be a Patreon and hang out with, with all of us and everyone else that's in the Discord because we are such a lovely community. Everybody's just lovely. We do. It's lovely. We're it's very lovely. lucky. It's lovely. We're very lucky. Uh, on that note, uh, have a lovely week. What's left of it? Weekend when it comes. We'll see you for the next episode and we will um, pray for your wallets. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.